Welcome to episode 31 of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. Thanks for joining me again. It'll be a fairly short episode today, more like our normal length episodes. So thanks for joining me. I'm again privileged to record this podcast on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal people and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Today I'm talking about an article published in The Guardian on Wednesday the 10th of June 2020, written by Michael McGowan and Christopher Naus. The title of the article is New South Wales Police Pursue 80% of Indigenous People Caught with Cannabis Through Courts. The gist of the article is that data shows hugely disproportionate treatment, which experts say helps trap young Aboriginal people in the criminal justice system. I would urge you to find this article for yourself and have a look. The long and short of this article is that New South Wales police have chosen to pursue more than 80% of Indigenous people found with small amounts of cannabis through the courts, while they let other people off with warnings. The authors of this article argue that this approach from the New South Wales Police forces young Aboriginal people into the criminal justice system and it's feared that once people enter that system it's very hard to get out of it. I can tell you from my own observation of sentencing practices in the New South Wales local court that quite often Matters where I might think it would be best if it were dealt with and then finalised completely often lead to a sentence where there's some element of lengthy supervision um, or where there are conditions so if they're breached the person will be back before the court. It traps people in an ongoing dialogue with the court potentially um, whereas it would be better if they were perhaps just let go to live their lives, having the experience of being before the courts and the fear that that can create, um, the stress and time resources being involved in that being the punishment in itself. Sometimes the courts tend to take a paternalistic approach. They think that their involvement on an ongoing basis in someone's lives might mean that they don't commit further offences. But what it really does is it can expose people to potential breaches um, of orders, whereas if they were just given a more short, sharp punishment or no punishment in light of the fact that going before court is a significant punishment in itself for a lot of people, um, that just giving some faith to that experience of itself being a deterrent effect rather than roping people back in. Um, For a lot of people, particularly Aboriginal people who are already overrepresented in the criminal justice system, um, letting them go and not requiring them to have ongoing contact with the criminal justice system is probably the most effective thing to do um, to... to, um, to discourage further offending and to stop people from being trapped in this cycle. That's my own observation as a criminal lawyer in New South Wales. Other people might take different views, but I have noticed a particularly paternalistic approach. Uh, and I think it comes from a good place, a place of good intentions, but I don't think it has the desired effect. And again, I think we need to question, why do we assume that people need us to step in and 
you know, give them our two cents worth and give them our supervision? Why don't we think these people are capable on their own? They can make smart decisions for themselves and I don't need to be so arrogant to think that my input and oversight is required. We have to think about that. Like some people genuinely do need help. Some people genuinely do need um, ongoing supervision sometimes that's not really for them it's it's for the community's protection and so we'd be looking at the same situation from two different angles there but we do need to have a think about why we make certain decisions why does this one person need supervision or need to be brought back before the court where where other people don't that's just me talking about sentencing. This article, though, is about the approaches taken by the New South Wales Police. So the Guardian reporters have found that between 2013 and 2017, New South Wales Police disproportionately used the justice system to prosecute Indigenous people, despite the existence of a specific cautioning scheme that was introduced to keep minor drug offences out of the courts. So during that period, 2013 uh, to 2017-82.55% of all Indigenous people found with a non-indictable quantity of cannabis, that's a small quantity of cannabis, were pursued through the courts. So 82%, let's say, but it's actually a bit more. They were pursued through the courts compared with only 52.29% for the non-Indigenous population. That's data that was put together by the New South Wales Bureau of Crime Statistics and Research. So the authors have broken it down further. They say this data shows that police were four times more likely to issue cautions to non-Indigenous people. Only 11.41% of Indigenous Australians caught by police with small amounts of cannabis were issued with cautions, compared with 40.03% of the non-Indigenous population. What the heck does that say? We really need to think carefully about why this has happened. The authors of the article noted that the Chief Executive of the Aboriginal Legal Service said that the data was an illustration of how Indigenous people are treated differently at every stage of the justice system. The CEO of the Aboriginal Legal Service, Carly Warner, said that this was an example of how Indigenous people are treated differently at every stage of the justice system. There was a recent matter that she was aware of involving a young Aboriginal boy. He was caught by police with a small amount of cannabis. So he's a child, um, he's an Indigenous child who is vulnerable. He had a small amount of cannabis and she said that despite having no prior involvement, um, no prior convictions, he was charged by the police. She said that it's forcing Aboriginal kids, young people and adults into contact with a criminal justice system that they will potentially never get out of again. The authors of the article say that court data shows that 92.85% of Indigenous Australians taken to court for the minor cannabis possession charge were either found guilty by a judge or magistrate or pleaded guilty. They said that non-Indigenous people had a similar conviction rate, but there was evidence suggesting that Indigenous people received harsher sentences.
Not only do Indigenous people receive harsher sentences for drug possession matters, um, Indigenous women are more likely to receive harsher prison sentences, so they get triple the rate of prison sentences. Um, and Professor Talia Anthony, who is an expert at Indigenous criminalisation at the University of Technology in Sydney, found similarly disproportionate sentences against Indigenous Australians for traffic offences such as driving unlicensed or driving unregistered. She thinks that it shows that there is a belief by police that police need to add an extra layer of punishment for Indigenous Australians and she thinks that there is systematic racism but also these examples are overt racism. It's not simply unconscious bias, for example, but um, Professor Talia Anthony's view is that it is actually overt racism involved when you have the same offence and you have the choice between giving um, a notice to attend court and the opportunity to deal with the matter in another way and the Indigenous people are getting sent to court and white people are getting let off in a different way, she says, that's just overt racism. This is a really interesting article. It refers to a lot of different pieces of data and it's definitely worth a read on your own. I said that today would be fairly short and sharp. The cannabis cautioning scheme is an important part of the New South Wales Police Force's illicit drug strategy. Police are encouraged to exercise discretion and issue a caution to eligible offenders. The police have said the statistics are a reflection of the ability for an individual to meet the criteria. A police officer can only issue two cautions to the same person and the scheme, this cannabis cautioning scheme, is not available to people who have been previously convicted of a drug offence, sexual offence or any offence involving violence. It's not clear from the article whether police have to actively consult the records to find out whether a person is eligible for cautioning under this scheme or not. I think that is a really important question um, that we need to ask and I hope that they do err on the side of issuing those cautions where they can and I would certainly hope that that would be their first instinct rather than not doing so. I think we also need to recognise that because Indigenous people are so overrepresented in our criminal justice system, we can't just look at the fact that someone can have two cautions and then no more and that that might render them ineligible for this program as a way to sort of remove any prospect of criticism from the New South Wales Police. If we consider the over-representation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the justice system um, and we know that a lot of the reasons they get there in the first place is due to uh, racist policies and racist policing um, and racist behaviour by members of the public in reporting them for conduct that they wouldn't report white people for that could perhaps be left um, to be dealt with without police intervention, then we have to think about whether it is fair 
um, to not have cautions available for these kind of minor offences that yet again drag people before the criminal justice system. I don't think the article gives us um, an answer to that question. It doesn't say, hey, no, um, even with this disproportionate outcome, um, it is still racist, overtly racist uh, discretion being exercised. I think that's something that it would be excellent to get to the bottom of. And my strong suspicion is that even if you were to take into account the fact that some Aboriginal people would be not eligible for this caution scheme because of earlier involvement in the criminal justice system, it would be my instinct that the discretion that police have would be being exercised differently when they look at a white offender as opposed to when they look at an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander offender. That's the sad reality of the world we live in and we all need to look at these kind of things with a critical eye. White people like me need to recognise that we are in a very fortunate position where we do not face this kind of racism and we need to do what we can to stand up for the people who do face it. So thank you so much for listening today to this podcast. Again, I strongly urge you to have a look at the Guardian article for yourself. Again, the title of that article is New South Wales Police Pursue 80% of Indigenous People Caught with Cannabis Through Courts published on the 10th of June 2020 and the authors are Michael McGowan and Christopher Naus. That's McGowan, M-C-G-O-W-A-N and Christopher Naus, K-N-A-U-S. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to donate to the Aboriginal Legal Service of New South Wales and the ACT, Go to www.alsnswact.org.au. You will find their donations page and it's very easy to donate money. You will be supporting the Aboriginal Legal Service. You will be showing that you're standing with Aboriginal people in their fight for justice. And every dollar that you donate is used to fight for a fair go in court and to push for the reform of bad laws that harm Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. So that website, again, is www.alsnswact.org.au. That's for the Aboriginal Legal Service of New South Wales and ACT. If you would like to find the Aboriginal Legal Service for your region, Google it and please donate if you can. The overrepresentation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in Australian courts and in Australian prisons is a very real problem. And if you can, please do what you can to help solve that problem. Thank you again for listening to the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. I'm really pleased that you are as interested as I am in these issues. Take care. And look out for those who need your help. Thank you. Bye-bye.